0: What's going on, everybody? This is the Cutting Through Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs and entertainers cut through the noise, and more importantly, cut through the bullshit that they see online. My name is Elliot Towsley, and I am your host. And I'm really hoping you like today's episode, because I had to go out and get a new microphone to edit it, and I'm really hoping it's worth it. (laughs) But if you're a musician, today's episode is really informative. I have a guest who started another music marketing agency. Let's hear it for Gary Souls. Straight from the horse's mouth. Why don't you give an introduction of of who you are and what effective exposure is and what they do and and how yeah. we ended up here
1: today. Absolutely, yeah. So my name is Gary Souls, right? And uh, I am the founder of Effective Exposure. We've uh, we are a music marketing agency um, that I had I went ahead and started. Uh, back in november of 2021 no 2020 right um that's when i went ahead and launched so we we've been out now for about 2 years right we're a young agency but um i've been in the music game now for i could say 15 years now right i'm 30 uh you know i took music seriously at a very young age when i was 15 i would say and i started probably creating music when i was like 12 right so uh through that experience uh of me you know being in the music industry and trying to uh you know operate as a business uh, i went through a lot of trial and error you know what i mean and uh through that trial and error i reached a crossroad in my life a couple of years ago um prior to launching the agency where i realized that i had a a lot of value to offer to up-and-coming musicians um just like myself um that are trying to get into this game and and trying to make the best choices possible, right? Specifically in the music marketing, uh, you know, space, uh, uh, because that's the most important part towards, uh, you know, building a successful business in this industry. And so, uh, you know, that was pretty much like, you know, my intention behind starting the agency um, because I found outside of creating music myself, um, marketing and the analytical aspects of music, I I found that that was also a passion of mine. Uh, And so, um, I wanted to go ahead and dive deep into that and, and, and be a valley to my network, you know, and that's that's pretty much how, you know, how I uh, I started the agency. And, you know, two years later, you know, I have a team of about, I think, six, seven right individuals. Uh, and, uh, you know, right now we're we're helping quite a few musicians, you know, and uh, it's great, you know, building these campaigns and, and just Pretty much guiding uh, musicians through the process and helping them uh, be efficient uh, with their, you know, with their marketing budget and, and maximizing their marketing budget as much as possible.
0: That's awesome. I think um, you get a lot of experience from actually going through it yourself. Even yeah. like I have a somewhat of a similar story where, like, you know, I I started as a musician just because I enjoyed it, um, but then like eventually you kind of learn. Like, if you can solve the problems even on a small level on your own, how do I book a show? You know, like, maybe you don't need to perform at the Grammys to know how to book a a small show. And I think, I I myself, I never did anything too big or noteworthy when it comes to the music business. Like, you know, nothing too big or anything like that. But, like, I did learn some of the small hurdles that it's almost like – a coach, like if you play football, correct. And even if I wasn't, like if I'm not a Hall of Famer, like I just kind of know what it's like to be a football player. Exactly. Um, in that example, and not to say, obviously, you know, some of the greatest coaches, you know, Bill Belichick, and he—I don't think he ever really played nothing professional. greg Popovich maybe played in college or something, but like, so of course, there's exceptions uh, to the rule, but I think in general, especially in the music space, just. Knowing what it's like to be the musician and knowing what it's like to be pulled in a hundred different ways, whether yeah. it's how often you release a song, how do you promote it? Who do you promote Correct. it to? Well, how much money do I spend? You know, it, it's, it seems like even the people with the best of intentions correct have these like cookie cutter generic answers that they kind of either just heard somewhere or they assume that's how it's supposed to be and i feel like because there is no one right way to to find success in the music business a lot of musicians are still looking for like that step-by-step formula without even realizing that at the beginning it's like we got to kind of blow this up And start with an experiment and kind of start to figure out what works for you, not like what 37 different musicians should be doing in general in some theory. Exactly. Um, And so like just kind of like being coming from being a musician to like now I'm the same age, I'm 30. And like as I got older, I realized I was like, well, okay, maybe my music career path is is changing, but I still have some. Insight that I could offer the 22 year old who's taking it really seriously now.
1: Exactly. Now, I'm, I'm. We're on the same page there. And, and just to elaborate on those exemptions you talk about, those coaches. It's funny that you mentioned that because there's like a, a video that I created where I touched upon something like that. Where I when when I first started the agency, you know, my biggest demon was that like, well, how am I going to get people to trust what I'm talking about if I don't have, you know, an incredible resume to show successfully, you know, um, in this industry, but to your point, you know, whether you were a football player at one point or you, or you weren't, there's people that actually study uh, the game, you know, and they study it from a perspective that is very unique and you have to, you know, those people are worth listening to. I mean, to your point, those, those coaches that you're talking about, I mean, they, the players listened to them and they ended up getting some championships out of it. You know what I mean? So... It goes to show it's not just about having an incredible resume. It's also about you know studying or doing your research um, and experimenting. And then people that take that that walk and that process, um, those are people that are are much worthy. It's worth listening to them because they're going to help you evade a lot of the the BS uh, in in the industry that you're trying to you know find success. You know, particular here in in the music industry. And so when you
0: Saying, you know, at the beginning, like, how do I get people to learn that I know what I'm talking about? Like, what were some of the strategies? Or I'm sure you tried, you know, 10 things and maybe seven of them didn't work at all, but you found three that did. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that process? Or did you get lucky and kind of say, I'm going to do it this way and it worked? Or was there a bit of an experiment?
1: Honestly, I just leveraged my strengths and what I know, I'm what I'm. what what I'm an expert at, what I know, what, what I leverage, what I have proof of, right? So I started off with ad campaigns, right? Running Facebook and Instagram ads, uh, I've been able to get positive results for myself, you know, when I was uh, experimenting and I was learning, um, you know, marketing for, for me as, as Gary souls, the artist. And so I leveraged that as much as possible. Cause I, I had proof, you know, it, it wasn't just something that I read out from a book and then I try to apply it and, and tell people about it. No, like I, I actually have mm. experience, you know? And so that's what I leveraged that big time, you know? And, and, um, then fr- from, from that, from then on, I, I built off of that, then I was I was able to gain more experience towards helping you know artists and and seeing you know results and and seeing what what was going on, and then implementing you know my knowledge into the business itself because I got to market the business too you know what mm-hmm. I mean so uh, I I leverage that as well hey look like I'm finding success with the business using the same marketing fundamentals uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the day marketing is marketing the fundamentals can be applied within any business in any industry you know and so um that's really what i what i leveraged for for the most part is what what i knew for a fact was the right
0: thing and when you say so you you're coming from a place where you're marketing your own music right and like you initially have some sort of like emotional connection to it you know it's yeah. your music um did you find that when it's still your business but did you what were some of the things that you picked up on when you noticed okay hey marketing music xyz works really well but when it comes to this service you know abc seems to work well like did you see that there are differences or do you kind of stick to the same thing no matter what it is that's being marketed
1: Now, it it definitely varies, you know, like that taking a look at the analytics, you know, understanding like the sales cycles of the industries, for example, at the end of the day, like when you look into the details, yeah, marketing a, a, you know, marketing agency or service-based business versus marketing a musician, there's going to be a lot of differences there, 1000%. But as far as the fundamentals of reaching a cold audience, right, uh, you know, optimizing for specific behavior, right, and that behavior, you know. Coincides with a desirable action towards your business. And then capturing that, redirecting that traffic, retargeting, all of that's that that those fundamental aspects those core pieces of marketing um, work essentially throughout you know the any like i said any business or any brand within any industry it's just now the details do change obviously like you you can't get on a on a on a call with a with a fan and trying to get them to buy your merch like that's the difference you know what right. i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> you know so like those things like that change you know along with other details but Again, the fundamentals do apply, and when you see it work, then that that provides confidence in knowing, you know, when you are speaking with a musician, you you have the foresight because you have the understanding through your own failures and, and knowing what clearly what didn't work. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's funny.
0: I I think so much of the value that I can offer a musician, say like who's starting out and starting to take this whole thing seriously i I really feel like eighty percent of the value that I can provide is in what not to do <laughs> you know, like don't do this I tried this, don't do this, don't spend your money here don't do that don't do this and it's one thing to just be like, I don't like it, but I think you know say, oh, don't do this I don't like it well it, a smart musician will say why and it, you know Correct. is it just in a you don't like it or is there a reason to not promote here and like you know, I can see the appeal for somebody who is an artist who's just starting out say their first ep is coming out and nobody knows who they are but they're considering spending that 2 grand to have like a banner ad on uh uh like world star hip hop yeah world star right exactly and um i can see the allure of that um but like the reason i would never say oh yeah go do that is because like for that ex- particular example like that only works if somebody's. If I know, if I'm a fan of Wiz Khalifa, I already know I'm a fan of Wiz Khalifa and I'm on right. World Star that day and I see the announcement that he's got an album coming out. Me, I already know I like Wiz. Great. Now I'm aware of it and I'll look for it sooner or later. But exactly. if you're some artist I've never heard of, it's some banner ad and I don't read it at all. Exactly. Um, <laughs> it doesn't appeal any interest to you whatsoever. Right. You know? And a lot of like. A lot of like I find at least for like a, a lot of the conversations I have with musicians is in saying because some people might come to me, hey, like I, I've, I've saved up a bunch of money. I'm thinking about doing this on World Star. Like, what do you think? And I'll be like, no, because these reasons. Not just no, that's dumb, or no, I don't like it. No, you should do this. Um, exactly. I think that's a part of it. Is a, a lot of musicians come in. What should I do? As if someone like you or me has like a, a secret code that like, haha. well, since you asked, here's the secret code. Like yeah, there yeah. is no, there is no set path. What, what worked for Russ 10 years ago is not necessarily going to work for you now. <laughs> you know, like, or we're like what worked for Michael Jackson
1: in 1986 is not necessarily going to work for you now. <laughs> like a hundred percent, hundred percent. Now, I mean, so just can elaborate on that. What, what, you know, when it comes to advising musicians and, you know, perfect example, as you mentioned, like, the like, should I spend this money on a world star hip hop or, you know, on this uh, package of getting on BET jams, uh, you know, MTV, you right. know, uh, I get my music video, uh, you know, uh, play played in these channels, you know, I, there is, you know, like you said, you can go ahead and, and you can't for what worked for somebody, it might not work for you and vice versa. But what I've noticed is that there is some type of uh, fundamentals that up, that when are applied, right, it, it, it's going to work with, with everybody, right? And the fundamentals, what I've realized is in the very beginning of, of marketing music, you want to be able to have as much control as possible, right? With, with how you're going to place your product in front of consumers, you know what I mean, and how and how that that's going to go about uh, controlling the ability to actually not just become a listener, but be able to go ahead and, and become a fan and an, an interested buyer at one point, right? And when you talk about the the band banners that you're, or the BET jams or uh, you know paying to get on playlists, like uh, you know, and that's your main focus of fan base building. The way that I see it is. You're at the mercy now of the consumer, listening, liking it, and then from them going out of their way to mm-hmm. check you out. And in the mm-hmm. beginning stages, you don't you don't want to leave yourself up to the consumer to to do all that. You need to have as much control uh, in that aspect, along with where where you're driving traffic from. True, I think. Con- being able to control that is super powerful, right? Or super important, really. And knowing that there's tools out there that give you that, that ability, you want to leverage those as much as you can in the beginning, right? And scale your business in that way so that you can set yourself up to actually generate a return on investment, which is the whole point of why you're investing into marketing in the first place, right? It, when, when you're approaching it from a business perspective, that's the end goal, period, right? And so... Later down the line, as you, you know, you implement these aspects and you are continuing to grow, then that's when, you know, you have an audience that you can influence. Now, you know, you can go ahead and and spend the $2,000, like you said, on a world star uh, or getting your music video circulated in in these MTVs and these uh, BETs or, uh, you know et cetera, PR, right? For example, trying to land on yeah. like the fader, double XL. You can do that later down the line when you've already built an audience that has bought into you that want to buy from you, have already bought in from you. And now you're just yeah. trying to build more trust, right? Up until that point, there like, there's really no point. Right. And I believe that that's a fundamental right there that I'm talking about back to the point, the main point of this. If you, if you, if you leverage that it's going to work, you know, from artist to artist. Now, the details, like, for example, there's TikTok influencer marketing, et cetera, right? Yeah, that that can, depending on your brand, depending on your style of music, that, that might work for you, that might not work for you, right? But as long as you stick to those fundamentals and, and understanding what the real goal is at hand, which is generating a return on investment, that's going to work from artist to artist, no matter what style of music, genre, et cetera.
0: Artists want to go build a skyscraper and they don't build a foundation first. Correct. And they just Correct. try to build, and then the wind comes and it knocks it right over. And what are some of the fundamentals you see that like folks are like they have blind spots for?
1: So, like one of the fundamentals is, uh, for example, they're trying to go ahead and sell merch immediately. They just drop. Mm-hmm. They want to drop an album and sell merch immediately, and they don't understand that you have to go through the process of creating trust with an audience first before they become somebody that wants to buy from you. Because the reality is as a musician, no one needs to buy from a musician. That's Mm -hmm. a fact, right? And that's what makes it challenging as a musician. That's why it's so hard to be successful, right? Because nowadays you can't, people can't just, there's no need to buy the album to listen to your music. They just pay the monthly subscription to a Spotify, to an Apple music, and they have all of the access in the world to any artist's entire catalog. Right, without paying a, a direct dime to the artist uh, outside of just the royalty streams. So mm-hmm. that fundamental aspect of I got to go ahead and provide value through my music, through resonating content on social media and going about the process of continuously hitting them with that value before I go ahead and decide to you know do an email list or, or attempt to create an email list or attempt to generate sales. Like You have to go through that process first you yep. can't just go ahead expect this to you know launch merch and think people are going to buy uh, uh just because they listen to the album, you know, and that's the first time they ever discovered you. Right. I couldn't agree
0: more. Um I think often musicians operate in the mindset of like, well, this would be ideal for me. I'm like, yes, it would be ideal if you could drop an album, make a some t-shirt and sell a thousand of them yes that would be ideal is that how people shop or operate or do anything right what about okay what's great for you versus how do customers actually live their lives how do real human beings go through the process of buying something from an artist right they don't think of that side they think of the side of well yeah it would be that is a way to make money i should have merch because People buy shit from artists they like, so therefore I should sell it. But they don't even think of like, well, I don't have anybody to sell this to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's different than because artist merch in particular is it's not about, oh, wow, this shirt is the nicest quality shirt ever and it's super comfortable it's about showing fandom or support for an artist that you sh- saw a show for or i saw you know i saw the chili peppers in concert this year and i want to remember that and talk about it the next time i wear it at a cookout or something it's not about like oh wow i just really like this design from some artist i don't know and now i'm going to yeah. spend 35 on the t-shirt like <laughs> yeah, maybe exactly. i'm sure that happens here and there but like if you're an artist making banned merchandise with your logo on it the only people who are going to buy that are people who are good fans of you and like exactly. merch is is a good thing to have at some point for many artists not a thing that's good at any time for any artist and it's not cheap to make good merchandise and to have a shopify site and to have some sort of shipping system and all this shit like hiring somebody to make the t-shirt in the first place like it it's not necessarily super super hard and expensive but it's not like oh make a t-shirt and on tuesday we'll have a new website and it will be selling t-shirts on wednesday um i wish it was that easy (laughs) like i think part of that part of like musicians getting caught up in that thinking is the same It, it it's part of the same that they fall into like the the shady marketing where like oh it's it if it, if it were so easy, wouldn't everybody have ten exactly. million fans and and if if anybody could buy a million streams for eighty two dollars on some Fiverr website <laughs> like if anybody could do that and it was legit, don't you think it that they would and it wouldn't be that hard um but I think my long ranting here is. <laughs> it, you mentioned it earlier. Like you've got to think of it like a business. You're a musician who loves to make music, but you are business who happens to be an artist. Like I'm sure there are artists out there who just want to have fun and they're just putting their music out there. That's fine. I'm, I'm mainly talking to the folks who want this to be their business and they're trying to do right. something like it's not easy. And it, merch should be something that comes at the right time. Same with a big marketing expense. There is a right time to go all in on your marketing. I am guarantee you it's not at the very beginning when you don't know what you're doing. Like you can scale into it. It would be a bad business decision. Say if, if we, you and I started a business and we went and we got funding and some guy invested 100 grand into us and he loves our idea. It would be dumb to say, let's spend 80 grand on the first month and when we're figuring out where our market is, what products work best, what let's screw it. Let's go all in at the beginning and just hope for the best. And then later on, I guess, oh, oh I ran out of money. I guess I'll get back to you in three months when I have some more money. And just like you can't operate a business that way, you can't operate a music business that way and if you if you only have five thousand dollars to promote this year that's okay but it's much better to spend five hundred dollars a month than thirty five hundred dollars in january and then exactly. be fucked for the rest of the year oops exactly and i oh exactly. and it's maybe you spend 250 each month and you scale up and then in by month six you start You're realizing right. wow this audience here guys in their 20s in houston and la who listen to Blink-182, also listen to me, and the ads that I've tried, this ad works the best on TikTok, and I'm going to spend this much money. And now you have like a clear answer of like this worked, this worked, and this worked, so now I'm going to go all in. Rather than I don't know what I'm doing, let's go all in at the beginning and hope for the best and hit boost on Facebook, And that's all they do. And then that's it. And then nothing happens. And then they say Facebook ads don't work or blah, blah. And like,
1: exactly. And then they have a wrong perception on, on the tools that are actually very useful when you know how to use them. Right. Uh, I mean, I couldn't agree anymore. uh, You know, to your point, uh, like you said, the timing and the calculation of when you do things in this industry is so important because through my own experience, I've seen, you know, I've invested a lot into myself, my hard-earned money, when I was going through that process, and I can see, you know, how quickly you can spend a lot of money and get nowhere, right? Yep. And so the the calculation aspect is very important, and and a big part of that is knowing what to put the majority of your money into, and you need to identify that first. And so a big part of how we go about helping, uh, you know, my my clients with a, an effective exposure is. Step one for us is helping them identify the best performing release in their catalog. Like That's the most important thing, right? Because that right there is going to allow us to know what single in your catalog creates the best first impression amongst your target audience right? The first impression is everything. Uh, and you want to make sure that you're not spending a, a crap load of your budget thinking that that song's the one without even testing to see if mm-hmm. it, if it's actually going to be received well and, and be able to have, you know, to have the ability to look into the analytics and and, and determine, is this song worth pushing past a month, past two months, you know, you know long term, a year, year and a half and build pretty much your your core fan base with. And uh, that, that takes a uh, a lot of testing, like you said, a lot of experimenting, right, and and being able to know, uh, you know how to look at the analytics, how to interpret the analytics, and and be able to make the best decisions for your business. Which I I feel like that's where leveraging expertise, people that know or uh, that have been in the industry and and have really studied, are are of most value to musicians. That way, they're not going through the painful learning curve, right? Three years later go by, four years later, and then you have twenty thousand dollars later, and you're like, crap, i you know I finally got it, but I I had to go through a lot of trial and error to to understand this. Should I just went ahead and leveraged expertise, right? Mm. I would have skipped that learning curve within six six months rather than three, four years.
0: Yep. And spent five grand instead of 20.
1: Exactly. (laughs) One thousand. When you're
0: determining the song that works best, what is a metric? Is there the, the metric that you look for or is it really a case by case basis?
1: I I look for more multiple things. You know, the first thing that I'm looking for is what 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 is it costing us to get a consumer over to the to the streaming platforms, right? That's the first thing that I'm looking for, specifically within the targeting parameters that we're going to have set, right? Ideally, uh, you know, if we're working with an American musician, um, we're looking to see if we can build them a, a centralized audience, right, rather than a scattered audience. So let's try to see if we can find a song that can convert really well, perhaps under you know a dollar. Per DSP uh, visitor, you know, within ten within ten states or less, right? And so we're looking to test that, and then from there, if we're getting the cost a, a favorable cost, a cost that is capable, well, how is this audience uh, consuming the the single once they they land over to to the uh, to the DSPs, right? First, actually, well, what's the click through rate, right? Typically, what I, what I look at is is the click through rate between fifty to sixty five percent or more. That helps me determine how intentional these click-throughs were. Right. And that lets us know the strength of the ads and 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 you know how how sold they were to actually go check out the single. And then from there we look at out of all of these click-throughs that occurred, let's say on Spotify, since Spotify typically is the best, I would say, back-end platform with with analy- analyzing data and interpreting, you know, the consumption of, of 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 a single. Then you look at, okay, cool. Well, 250 consumers, let's say, went to go listen to to the song on spotify and out of those 250 120 125 became an earned listener right and then out of those 120 earned listeners 80 of them saved the song right Mm. and then a month goes by the stream per listener average is over three and a half four streams per listener now it's like okay cool they're they're liking this song a lot right this the analytics clearly are showing that we have very intentional consumers going to listen to the song the ratio between them a Giving the song a shot to them, becoming a listener is about 50% or close to it or more, right? And then those consumers, a majority of them, you know, past 40, 50% of them are actually saving it, which means they're going to listen to this song again in the future, right? And the majority of your streams are coming from those types of listeners. This is a song worth pushing because we're also getting it at an affordable cost at a very tight targeting parameter. Mm-hmm. Now we could build your audience in markets. We know that in the near future, Right. As long as we're consistent and and we don't go three months and then we stop and you come like no we go all the way through a year year and a half two years right and I tell you know artists that it's going to take about that time especially if you don't have a two thousand dollar monthly ad spend budget or more right, right. time is our ally at that point consistency and time so we can build trust with this audience right and and that's that's how we go about identifying you know, how, is this song worthy of pushing and making it what we call the best performing release or that anchor release, right? That song that we know day in and day out, we're making sure out of, out of your budget, a a specific amount is going into driving new consumers with that, with that single.
0: Well, I think you, you mentioned something important, uh, that I think like you said, we've got to, the marketing has to convince somebody to give us a chance. And I think that's part, another part of, of that musicians often miss. They're like, well, the music's great. It's going to speak for itself. Well, that's not the job of the music. Like the job of the marketing is to convince somebody to give that music from some artist that they do not know exactly to give it a chance. And let's say, okay. There are far less movies, new movies coming out. Even on streaming and out, there are far less movies coming out than songs, right? Yeah. How many trailers of a movie or a series have you seen somebody trying to convince you to, to give them a chance that you have said, nah, not for me, and, and never checked out? Hundred ninety percent of them. 90% of them. And I bet there's... There's 100,000 new tracks uploaded on Spotify every day, and that includes podcasts and, like, audiobooks and shit. So 100,000 a day. There's no way there's 100,000 episodes and movies uploaded on, like, Netflix a day, At right? All. No. So all, my only point is it's hard to convince a, ca- a casual consumer to give something new from, that they've never heard of a chance exactly it's the same if you saw a trailer with of some show and it looked okay but you didn't know any of the actors it's unfamiliar to you you're probably not gonna try it out on your own it's gonna take a friend saying dude this exactly. show is really good you should go check it out and you trust your friends so you say okay same with an artist you are one of a hundred thousand songs oh, that pff- were uploaded just today and ninety Every single person who sees that song come up randomly in an ad or on like a TikTok algorithm where it's just kind of going through, it's on a radio station, on Spotify. It is hard to convince somebody to say, you know what, I will try this. Because, like, exactly. it, it, most people know they're being advertised to, most people don't give in right away, even if the ad is fantastic. They don't give in right away from a fantastic ad from a brand they're familiar with right away. It takes a lot to convince somebody who does not know you to try something of yours, especially in music where there's a hundred thousand new options every day. So I think music, I say all this to say as a musician, like you said, this is going to take some fucking time. Like you got two years here because if you don't have 20 grand a month. We can't, there's no way to speed this up unless you happen to catch lightning in the bottle by making yep. fantastic content. Exactly. And if you now that's this, you can't bank on that either. That's the same as saying, well, my financial strategy is dependent upon winning the lottery in the next two <laughs> or three years. And if not, I'm fucked. <laughs> that's a <laughs> shitty plan. So, like, you can't. Account for, oh, I'm going to go viral if I do this. You have to have a plan that is not built around hitting the lottery. Exactly. You have to be consistent and you have to temper your expectations. Where, like, if you do an ad campaign with Gary for two months and you spend a thousand total dollars on an ad, like, and you get 500 new monthly listeners, I would, I don't. I don't know if that's actually a good example, but say 5,000, 5,000 people chose to click on that ad and they listened past 30 seconds enough to count as a monthly listener and said, this exactly. was me. That's a killer ad. But like, I can see being the musician be like, I spent a thousand dollars and man, I only got, you know, a few, I got 2000 streams and like, but it's because they don't know what to expect.
1: And it it it's not, even, not only that is they don't know what they're actually paying for. Right. I, I love that you brought that up because when you're running advertising, right, like Facebook and Instagram ads or any ad platform, you're not paying for the stream. I tell artists that all the time. You're paying for that person going out of their way to check out your product. That's like imagine mm-hmm. us, like, you know, yeah. running ads for like our, our, you know, our service or whatever. And we're, we're counting up how many views we got on the ad. Like, that's not what I'm looking for. Like, I'm looking for people taking a desirable action. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that action of someone going out of their way to listen to your music, that's huge. Right. Because to your point, like you said earlier, they don't know who you are. You randomly popped up on their timeline and there's nothing in the ad that, that is familiar to them, but yet you still got them to go through that intention right there, that potential, it it holds a lot of weight and that's Mm -hmm. what you're really paying for. So don't look at the stream count, look at, the, what it's costing you to get somebody to do something like that because like you asked me about the movies, right? Well, I ask artists all the time, when was the last time you clicked on an ad, right? And actually went through to go listen to someone else's music. And <laughs> the majority of them are like, crap, you're right. I'm like, exactly. It's not, the chances of you doing it is very, very slim. So for those that are that's huge. That's a, that's 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 something that you got to be very grateful for, right? And we got to capitalize on that because that's only one half of the puzzle. The other half yeah. of the puzzle is getting them sold on who you are, right? Which I would say in this day and age of uh, being a musician, that's the most important part now. I would say 10 to 15 years ago and prior, yeah, it, the music was really what got consumers sold and wanting them to buy. Now it's becoming more of who the, the person is, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's so much access to new music on a daily basis, so easy to get music that the 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 music value has has dropped, right? It's yeah. not as valuable as it as it once was. So now you have to really appeal to consumers based on who you are, what you're about, what your experiences are. That's what's going to get them connected. And like I said, that's the the other half of the puzzle uh, after identifying a, a, a best performing release and getting listeners, right? Because that's not going to make you profitable. Just getting listeners as a musician.
0: mentioned a lot about, you know, profitable, being, getting an ROI. What are some of the steps that you can take with the musician, like say at the beginning of working together, where even if they have a large budget, how do you properly set that monthly budget?
1: Yeah. So typically what I, what I, uh, what I like to ask is how much can you invest on a monthly where we can keep it at that budget, right? Where, where, you know, it's not going to hurt you uh, financially and we can keep it on a month-to-month basis, that, that's something that you're comfortable with investing every single month, and we can go a year, two years, you know, with that budget consistently. That, that's the first thing that I like to go ahead and ask. And then obviously, too, though, making sure that when we're testing, uh, we stay away from spending a lot of money in the very beginning. And, and, and as we get more results, as we we find songs and campaigns that are working for us, right, then that's when, you know, if you are comfortable with putting more money, you know, a, a, and increasing your monthly Aspen budget. But once we have that identified, I can give you the green line and say, hell yeah, if you can go ahead and go from 500 to 700, 800 a month and still make that a consistent number, then let's do that. But let's first figure this part out first.
0: Yep. Yeah. That's, that's a great plan of attack. I very much agree with that. Um, start small. You can always scale up. Um, right. You don't want to make the mistake of, oh, we spent a ton and. In- oops, I made a mistake. You can always start small and say, hey, this is working well, let's spend more. And I've seen many times where like, you know, just throwing more money at the problem doesn't solve it either.
1: (laughs) It's not going to change anything.
0: (laughs) Even with good advertisements, there is a point where you can overspend on either you're hitting the audience, the same audience too many times and it's becoming annoying or ad fatigue is what uh, they would call it. Um, But then there's also ad fatigue can happen where just the same ad or the same audience is getting stale. You either need to switch up the ad and hit the same audience with something new, or you need to switch up the audience um so even on on both music and the agency side i've definitely seen parts where we say hey month one this worked really well month two spend more money it worked really well month three spend more money and then like month four spend more and like oh we see it kind of regressed uh, percentage wise because it's like oh i think there's a ceiling here where we should really only be spending this much and that on that campaign and a lot of times Folks will say, "Well, I've been advertising on Instagram a lot, and I've been spending, let's say, hundred. Uh, I've been spending seventy five dollars a day, and I want to go up to a hundred. Well, maybe with that additional twenty five, doesn't need to go all into Instagram where you're already doing something. Maybe that twenty five dollars a day could go into TikTok or it could go into YouTube, where now your overall strategy is growing outward rather than just up in one place."
1: A hundred percent. No, I, I think you nailed it in a, co- a coffin right there. Right, you have to be very mindful with, you know, how much you're investing and what what makes sense because we could reach a point where we're seeing experiencing ad fatigue or where the cost just is just going to to increase. Right, the more we put it, put into it, just because it's reached its its capacity. Right, with, amongst the audience that we're targeting, I I have actually I experienced that, uh, you know, day in and day out. So it's knowing what it's knowing. You know, if we do reach that and we're looking for more at that point is, okay, cool. Is this a song that we should continue to market if you want to invest more? And this is mm-hmm. what we're experiencing. And then I help make those types of choices, right? So we're not, you know, stuck spending more, but we're getting less. And you know, obviously we want to see growth, right? And that's another thing that, that as I was listening to you, kind of came uh, appeared in my mind. Uh, artists sometimes don't understand, like, the... the uh the cycle of consumers listening to a song right and you know they might go ahead and see their day to day they'll spend more money and but they they think that's automatically going to you know generate more daily streams on ad spend but you have to understand you know listeners also reach a point where they listen to a song 10 15 times right that you'll capture them a month ago but they're stop mm. listening to the song right and so then there's also new listeners coming in and then like the algorithm might not be triggering at the level that it was a month ago so all of these things take place and you you just, you, you have to understand that the cycle of consumers listening to music isn't as simple as yeah I'm putting more money in and I'm just going to get more daily streams every single day and it's just going to go mm. up 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 it doesn't work that way. It's it's there is uh highs and lows with it. And you have to consider the fact that listeners, after listening to the song 15, 20 times, their the their uh you know, desire to want to continue to listen to the song is going to slow down also. Yep. Yeah, that's
0: a really good point. Um, where like it's not like a uh like that daily stream number isn't just exactly it's not gonna be a straight path. Um the only number that could be that would be like maybe the total number of listeners who have ever listened to a song from you. That might be the one that could continue going like this, but the rate in which they're listening is going to fluctuate. I think a lot of people like there are so many songs where I loved them and they came up randomly somewhere. Somehow I loved it and that was it. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that was the life cycle of that song. Wow, that was good and it just never came on again. Like I think when I was a musician and in my experience working with many musicians recently, I think that they musicians understand what like a diehard fan is. But it seems they don't they think that it's either they're unaware or they're a diehard fan yeah. and like I think people lose sight of the humongous gap yeah. in between where like oh yeah I, I remember some of his songs they were good I never followed him on Instagram I never went and looked at his music video I could care less about him on Twitter like you know but like you that some some person could have heard a song a few times and been like that's a dope song and that's it and that's it. <laughs> like that's it. Or there's just a lot of times where someone's like, "That song's okay." Next, and exactly. I think music like that doesn't mean you can't make money or or have a business off of people in that gap. Uh, and it's really hard to get somebody to be a diehard fan of somebody. And I really don't like the metric of someone who's like, "Well, if, imagine if you had a thousand fans and and all of them spent a hundred dollars a year on you." And like I hear that all the time. And I'm like, look, I'm one of the biggest Eminem fans in the world. I would say, and I have never once spent a hundred dollars on any given year on any of his shit. That, that's just, that's reality. That's the truth. I don't. Do you know how many how many streams yeah. would that have to be to to get a hundred dollars? Like in that, it's it's like forty thousand or so, four thousand yeah. or whatever it is. Okay, so if I listen to your song four thousand times this year, you'll get a hundred dollars off of me. Um. But that's probably not going to happen. So, like, I don't like the metric of like, oh, a fan is one who will buy your merch. Or like, like, yes, a fan is more likely to buy your merch. But I don't need to buy your merch to be considered a fan.
1: Yeah, and yeah. So like that—that's where I, that's where I differentiate with uh, when I'm speaking with artists. Is there's fans and then there's customers, right? We want mm-hmm. we're going to. I want to help you get customers, right? I want to help you go. get a customer base because yeah. a customer and a fan, a fan is like you said, it's too broad. Right, I'm a fan of many musicians, and I've never put a dollar in their pocket. Yeah. Right, but I consume the crap out of their, you know, their music and 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 their content, etc. Right. So you have to be able. That's why you got to be very specific and very intentional with how you're going about investing your money, because mm-hmm. if 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 you're not, you know, you could put yourself in that position. You are generating the fans, but you weren't specific on generating customers, and so you missed the opportunities to capitalize on those. had the potential to become customers Mm -hmm. well and and part of that is i think artists
0: misidentify who customers are now like some of the some uh one of the topics i get flack on every once in a while is i'm like look you don't monetize the music you use the music to build an audience and you monetize the audience and the best example is like a customer could be a venue owner who is no. not a fan of your music but they're the product that they're buying from you is you're going to provide a service where you might put 250 people in his venue for exactly. to to you so like the customer isn't necessarily a fan exactly the say a record label could be the customer What they're looking for is going to be different than like what a fan of you might be looking for. They could very well go together, but they're going to be different at certain times. So musicians, like, I think they do misidentify who their customers are. Like, okay, if I had 10,000 monthly listeners in my city and some up and coming artist wants to get onto a song with me, He is now a customer, but not necessarily because my songs are great. It's because I have an audience that he wants to tap into. Yeah. And I might have an audience because my songs are good. Yeah. But there are a lot of artists who have great songs with no audience and they're not getting any money for any features because Mm -hmm. people are buying or paying features to tap into the audience, not the talent. Not the talent. Exactly. Unfortunately, like, I don't know. I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm just telling you, like this is what happened. right? <laughs> that's, like, yeah,
1: that's the truth. Yeah,
0: are so like if I'm a venue owner and I'm running a business, a lot of musicians seem to think venues are charities, and, and they're not. I'm they're if not. I have a bar or a, a club, whatever it is, I'm running a business.
1: Yeah, I need to well. generate. I need to generate a return on investment.
0: Or just like okay, if it comes down you know, to I'm, if if I have an option for Friday night, and my my bar is busy no matter what. Like, if I think that someone who's a 5 out of 10 talent, but, man, they've got a big following, they seem to know how to market themselves, they told me how they're going to promote the show, they're going to get an 8 out of 10 turnout with a 5 out of 10 talent. Or you could get, like, man, this guy is the most talented piano player I have ever seen in my entire life, but he doesn't know how to market, no one knows about the show, and I didn't sell any tickets. Which situation is the venue happier with? like The, the oh, 5 out of 10 guy. Right. Because, like, okay, this guy, it's not all about the talent. It's part of it. Don't get me wrong. But it's just not all of it. And I, so many... I was guilty of this when I was still doing music. Was I thought that, like, a surplus of talent would compensate for the lack of everything else. Yep. yep. I didn't know how to market that well i didn't really know how to do x y and z but i thought oh well the music's good enough it'll take care of itself (laughs) but it's not the case because there's too much good music out there and the difference between some of these acts is is non non non-noticeable or razor thin and It comes down if I'm a record label and I'm like, wow, these guys seem to really know what they know what they're doing. They've already done. They have all this stuff they're doing on their own in terms of content. They can book their own shows. They know how to record. They've got their producer. They've they're buttoned up. They know what the fuck they're doing or these other guys. Okay, they're both an eight out of 10. Who's going to get the deal? These guys, these guys like it's. or let's see even this. This guy's a nine out of 10, but doesn't want to market, hard to work with, doesn't want to make content, blah, blah, blah. And this guy's an eight out of 10, but he's like crushing it and willing to play the game. Who do you think is going to get the deal?
1: Of course. Of course. Unfortunately, yeah, 100%. May,
0: like, I think some purists out there are, are pissed about that. And like, I get it. I understand where you're coming from. But our job here is to just kind of tell you how it is on the business side, not like what it should be in,
1: you know, fantasy land. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, there's clearly what you're pretty much pointing out is that there's differences between being a musician and a music entrepreneur. Those are two different things, right? You you could be great at making music, but a terrible business owner, and that's going to reflect your success as a musician despite your talent, right? Mm. And vice versa, 100%. That all comes down to mindset, right? What's the mindset that you have? What's the approach that you have going into? uh, you know, attempting to, to, you know, pursue your music career. That's, that's a big part. You know, I, I, one of my, uh, closest friends, we had a conversation about that, how there's two types of mindsets. So there's like the dreamer mindset and then there's the, uh, the entrepreneurial mindset. And a lot of artists are in that dreamer mindset, right? They're waiting more so for handouts, right? They're excuse, they're the excuses. I don't have enough money. And and those, I get it. Money's important, but it's not about how much money you have is what you're doing with the money, how you're investing it. Right. What's the strategy behind it? That's way more important than how much you have. Right. So it all comes down to the mindset that that uh, one is uh, incorporating when they're making choices uh, towards their music career. Hell yeah. I like that a lot um okay well so
0: i know you've told me a little bit about uh, the program that you are launching or the contest whatever program contest boot camp whatever you want to call it um could <laughs> you let folks know a little bit about what you are rolling out and how they might be able to get involved
1: yeah one thousand percent so starting the new year right uh what we're doing is we're doing a giveaway that'll uh, be launched at the right right at the end of of Q1 pretty much you know March 31st and anyone that locks in uh with uh, with us uh whether it's starting with 3 months right of our ad campaign management services if you if you are an artist that that needs uh expertise in, in, you know, running campaigns. Cause as me and Elliot both discussed, it's inedible. You need to run ad campaigns. You need to be able to market your music using those tools, but you want to make sure you're doing it at a high level. Then what we want to do is with these three month bundles, if you, if you purchase between now and, uh, but by the time it's March 31st, you're going to enter a giveaway, where we're going to go ahead and select three winners. One of the winners is going to, has the potential to lock in for an additional year, right. Of campaign management uh with us uh you know uh, our graphic design team another winner is going to have the ability to win 10 cover art designs 10 visualizers uh 10 uh, uh lyric videos and a website at no additional cost right and then uh, uh what our last winner is going to be able to uh lock in at least three placements pr placements with some pretty high profile uh you know pre- press articles so um uh, that's what we're giving away, uh, you know, for our, for our giveaway for this, for this first quarter. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you guys, like I said, if you're interested, anyone that's listening is interested, you know, send, send us a, uh, a DM at effective exposure, right? Uh, E F F E C T I V E X P O S U R E. Or you can, uh, contact me directly via email G S O U L Z at effective com.
0: Hell yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be a really good opportunity. I mean, Everybody needs, I think musicians have enough hats on and enough things to worry about that ad management is one of the things that I recommend like taking off of your plate if you can. Um, There are a lot of people out there who can run ads. I think fit is important and Gary here definitely knows how to work with musicians. Find out what song is working best. Find out what ad campaign and what audience is working best. Scale up from there um and then the contest part is just a sweet bonus where uh, i mean free ad management for a year and some pr that sounds like a good deal i think uh, sneaky sneakily in there that second place prize is,
1: uh, is pretty decent
0: <laughs> if I'm yeah i mean yeah. around i might throw it and get
1: the free <laughs> <prize>. <laughs> yeah man hey it's just a way to to you know to just give back and help cuz i understand how uh, you know how pricey things can be in the music in the music game you know i, I always feel like you know, from my experience, it's turned out like being a musician is like it's just like any other startup. Like you need start you, you you might need startup capital in some instances, depending on your goals and what you're trying to accomplish. So anything that I can do to just alleviate that and and uh, and, and provide a, a service that's valuable, but at the same time, you know, uh, it, you know, it, it's it's affordable at the same time. I think that's super important, specifically with, with artists that are in their beginning stages of trying to roll themselves out and, and really be a uh, tactical with their approach yeah hell yeah all right well anybody
0: who's listening who wants to go find Gary find him at effective exposure and uh I'm excited to see what you guys all do with these musicians or not and appreciate we'll that a, Elliot. we can do a follow-up episode here with uh some of the results and maybe that's something we could do we could have a, an For artist sure. come on with you and kind of say hey here's what we did here's what it's like working with effective exposure here's what the campaigns are like and almost give like a Like a demo
1: that's a great idea definitely definitely i think that's something we should do in the uh between now and the next couple of months and then just kind of uh actually have something in display actually let's look into the analytics right so anyone that wants to listen or is watching they can they can actually see uh you know what we're actually looking at and how we look at things hell yeah awesome well gary thank you very much likewise it was a pleasure to, to be on this, ellie i really do appreciate it
0: we'll talk to you soon well there you have it ladies and gentlemen Gary Souls, fellow music marketer, a fellow musician turned marketer, and I'm hoping that my voice sounds crystal clear on this new microphone. If you want to learn more about Gary, check out his agency at Effective Exposure and shoot us your questions about the music industry so we can let you know what more bullshit you can cut through in this business. Thank you for tuning in. This has been Cutting Through with Elliot Towsley.